We're starting a new series uh, today, talking about calls and, and so on. So today, talking about the call of Jesus. Now, most of us in here are old enough to know what these are, but I was thinking like the old Jackson and anyone else young, I think they've all boosted, are like, what the heck is these crazy old phone things, right? Um, Jason and I, we bought an old house in Claudelands like a thousand years ago, and we were renovating it, and it had not, it's similar to one that's going to come up later. I've got old phones through the whole thing. And it had this really cool old phone, but the, head, the hand thingy was so heavy that we ended up trading it in for this stupid little phone, and we've always regretted it, because we're like, it would have been so cool to keep the old one, so we still weep about that. Hey, so um, here's my current phone, as you may know. Um, in my new job, I get a lot of phone calls and have to phone heaps of people, which I hate, right? Because I had a traumatic experience, so if you're a counsellor, you can come and counsel me afterwards. I had a traumatic experience when I was about seven on the phone, and it's just like traumatized me for my whole life, right? I'm not, I don't need prayer for deliverance or anything, I'm all good. But ever since then, I just hate phones. And so even now, if the phone rings, I'm always like, no, I'll let them go to voicemail. And it's that, and I know all of you will agree, best thing ever when phoning someone is when it goes to voicemail. Are you with me? It's like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, so sorry, I missed you, and you leave a voicemail. Um, so I was thinking this week when I was writing my sermon, I was thinking, man, how crazy would it be if I'm sitting at my desk and, you know, caller ID comes up and it literally says God calling. And I was like, man, what would I, would I answer it? Would I be like, no, would I, I don't know. And I was thinking, man, I think I'd answer it. But I think then I would fall on my face, being serious, <laughs> because if God's like talking on my phone, I'm like, holy, God, for a couple of hours maybe, and then be like, oh, you know, kind of... <laughs> in fear, but God loves me, so he wouldn't be like, Craig, what are you doing? You know, it'd be cool. Um, so the crazy thing, and this is what I'm going to talk about, about this morning, the crazy thing is that God is calling to us all the time, right? <laughs> so we're going to look at some verses in the Old Testament, going to look at some verses in the New Testament where Jesus is speaking about how God is always calling to us, always calling to us. It's not just like we're waiting for the sacred phone call or something. Um, I, I wanted to intro this a little bit by thinking of two different kind of groups of people that God calls, if you like. So first one is this, kind of obvious. Whoa, I can't see. Can you turn on the back thing of me? Um, Jesus calls to someone who's far from God. So one of the things that Jesus does, God does, is he's always drawing people who are far from him, right? You with me, eh? Yeah, always. And often we'll hear, talk to someone, and they had either a real dramatic encounter with God, but so often it's this real slow, quiet journey. God is just so often real patient and slow and stuff. So heaps of times Jesus is calling people who are far from him and drawing them close into a relationship with him. Um, and then obviously the other one is people that are really close to God, right? Um, people that are really close to God. And I think, and I, I don't think we say this out loud a lot, but I think sometimes we, we subconsciously think God speaks a lot more clearly and loudly when he's drawing someone far from him than he does to someone who's close to him. Does it make sense? I think often we're like, yeah, well, because he wants to get them saved. So he's calling them, he's drawing them, of course. But man, once you get saved, it's like, do you really hear God anymore? Do you really have those encounters, the, the dramatic or the quiet and stuff? So the thing I want to talk about this morning is like, no, 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 no. God doesn't stop calling to us. He doesn't stop talking. What happens, and I'm not meaning this in a rude way, but it's going to sound really rude, we just fall out of tune with him. We're just not hearing his voice. He doesn't change, but we change, and we can get a little bit stale and a little bit, I won't say lazy, but you know what I'm saying, all right? All right. Hey, so I've got two little points this morning. Um, and, and the first one is, is the kind of how thing. So how 
does Jesus talk to us? If I'm going to be listening for the voice of God, if I'm going to listen to this, this call of Jesus, what am I kind of listening for? And so here's the first thing. Jesus calls to us gently and quietly, right? So gently and quietly. Um, now, I'm going to say this a bunch of times. God can do whatever he wants, right? <laughs> Last time I checked, he's literally God. So sometimes he does do it dramatically. Sometimes he will allow something massive to come into our lives. Sometimes he causes something massive to come into our lives because he's like, yo, over here, trying to get your attention. <laughs> but so often his voice is real quiet and, and gentle and calm and peaceful, right? Okay, I think I've told you this story before, but bad luck, I'm telling you again. And this is a loving story, so don't think this is a horrible story, right? So when Joseph Fine and I were living in the States, um, there was a principal at the university we were studying at. So there's a couple of thousand students in this university, and the president, because in America they are presidents of universities, um, Dr. Stoll was actually a super famous guy. So he would travel the country preaching and speaking and doing events like all the time. He was all over the place. And his wife used to go to heaps of these with him. And he was just, like some weeks, he'd just be literally going to vent, event, 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 right? And so Jason and I worked in food service, the worst place to work in America because they just treat you terribly. It was hilarious, but that's another whole story. If you ever want to hear about the milk incident, ask Jose, and she'll burst into tears, and it's kind of crazy. Um, so we were doing some catering for, and it was the major donors, and so it was everyone who'd given, I think it was like over 500000 or over a million dollars or something to the, to the university, and so it was all these very rich people. Everyone was nice, which was really interesting, rich people. And the president was there with his wife, and Jose was rocking around serving food or something, and all of a sudden he stopped, and Jose was nearby, and did this little... And instantly his wife's just like, right beside him. And Joseph was like, what is happening? <laughs> and he must have seen Joseph's face, or the wife, I can't remember who talked to Joseph, and said, oh, we're in so many events all the time that sometimes he needs to be rescued <laughs> from some awesome person, or we need to leave, and it's too hard to try, because it might be 100 people, it might be 1,000 people. So I've learned to listen for his whistle. And again, it's a loving. They loved each other. They were awesome people. And so we were like, are you serious? And they were like, yeah, we'll be in events all over the world, and she'll be listening the whole time, talking to people and stuff, and she'll hear that. She's like, my husband needs me. And she's like, Ta-ching! over there, right? So cool. So obviously, what I'm going to talk about a bit this morning is, man, how did she hear that? Because there was like hundreds and hundreds of people in that room. It was real loud. The way she heard it is because she loves her husband. And she knows he loves her like crazy. And she's tuned her ears to listen to his whistle. You with me, eh? She's tuned her ears to listen to his, um, his, his whistle of all things, right? Um, so here's my kind of core thing I'm going to talk a bit about this morning. Jesus' call is often subtle. We need to tune our ears to his call, right? We need to tune our ears to his call. Um, how do I do this? It's not rocket science, right? It's not rocket science. It's the same as um, Dr. Stoll's wife. It's just spending time with Jesus, it's just learning to listen to him, right? There's no special magical 10 steps to hearing the voice of God. It's just not rocket science. And so you're listening to worship music when you're driving in your car. Maybe not always, maybe sometimes, to listen to God. Are you regularly reading the Bible? If you're not, you're kind of nuts, right? Are you regularly setting aside just some time? It might be a few minutes, might be a bit longer, to pray and then to listen, <laughs> to be quiet. Now, if you're like me, you're like, oh, bro, yeah, Kind of, but I'm so busy. I'm running around like a maniac. I don't have time to listen to it. And then you hear the end and you're like, man, that's so stupid, right? I don't have time to listen to the voice of God. Are you like, really? 
the most important voice in our entire lives. Why on earth wouldn't we be like, oh my gosh, I need to make time to do that, right? So how do we tune our ears to his call? I want to um, go to that First Kings um, passage again because it's just, it's real counter the Old Testament, if you like. So if you've got your Bible, good to go there, follow along, make sure I'm not making all this stuff up, that I don't have a secret pack with Braden and we're just like making up parts of the Bible and no one knows because you're not following along in your Bible. I'm just going to read this a little bit again. So um, we're in First Kings. Oh, sorry. Kia ora, podcast people. Kia ora, video people. How are you doing? Awesome to connect with you, eh? I hope while I'm preaching and wherever you're doing the dishes or sitting at home or in hospital, whatever, eh, that you really hear from God this morning, eh? That's always the prayer. So good on you for investing some time in your relationship with Jesus. You are amazing. And although Braden is a 12, you are a 74. Woo! Next level, right? All right, hey, I'm going um, to read these again. Braden, read them, and awesome reading. But again, I love the Bible, and it's good to repeat it, right? Um, so I'm starting from verse 11 this time. Um, and he said, uh, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. You've got to imagine this, right? Because too often we read the Bible and we're like, Hey, sweet ass. It's like, hang on a minute. So context, stepping back. He is smashed, man. He is absolutely exhausted. You heard that, eh, when Braden was reading it? He's just, he's done this awesome thing with God, and he is totally wiped, totally depressed. He's suicidal. You heard that, eh? He's gone out into the wilderness. Why did he walk a whole day out with no supplies? Because he wants to go under a broom tree and just die. He is totally spent, totally done. Now, in the Old Testament till this point, not always, but the majority of times God speaks, it's so dramatically, right? Mount Sinai, there's fire and thunder and lightning and don't even touch it. And so often through the Old Testament, there's like a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud. It's real dramatic. And so you'd think Elijah would be thinking, oh, I'm going to hear dramatic, and it's totally not that. And so he goes out, and you, I always imagine that. It would be terrifying. Imagine being on a massive mountain, and the wind is so strong. The rocks are being torn off. Anyone been on a mountain where the rocks are being torn away? I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm really excited about the Bible. Y'all, not so much, so everyone's fired. But I will carry on reading. Uh, I just love visualizing the Bible. Eh? But the law was not on the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, imagine being on a mountain in an earthquake. It'd be terrifying. But the law was not on the earthquake. So what's God saying through this, right? He's saying sometimes he uses the dramatic. We've seen it. But not this time, right? Not this time. And after the earthquake, a fire, the Lord was not on the fire. And then I love this, eh? And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And Elijah heard it, right? Elijah heard it. Oh, I just love that. So I always want to look at the original languages and see what, what are they saying? What, is, what does this mean, gentle whisper? What does this quiet thing mean? So um, you guys know the Old Testament's predominantly written in Hebrew. So the Hebrew word for this literally means a thin, subdued sound, right? A thin, subdued sound, or even a, a thin or like... A, a fine, subdued sound, right? Um, one of the commentators that I was reading described it as, well, he interpreted it as the soft voice of God. Now, again, you've got to try and imagine the scene, right? He is smashed. He thinks he's going to be told, none of these heaps of other prophets are all good, bro. But he's thinking he's the last one left. Israel has deserted God. Everything's falling apart. He wants to die. He's so done serving God. And then all the stuff this crazy stuff happens, and then finally it's like this quiet, little, subtle voice of God encouraging him. And God changes this whole mission now. It's amazing what God does, right? I just really love this. I'm like, God could have done something dramatic and amazing to encourage and inspire him, but instead he comes to him just quietly in that soft, quiet voice of God, right? Um, 
I just love that. I, I, to be really honest, I'm sure I miss the voice of God in my life regularly because I'm so busy just rushing around for God, maybe, or <laughs> just rushing around. And I, this is, sounds real lame, and I, but I often imagine God's like, seriously, will you stop? Will you slow down? I'm trying to talk to you. And I'm like, but I've got places to go and people to see. I need to pray for this person and write this sermon. And, and God's like, well, that's all good stuff, but <laughs> I'm trying to get you to hear the soft, quiet, this gentle voice of God. Man, cool, eh? All right, here's, here's another one, which is really cool. So this is from the book of John. So again, if you've got your Bible, jump over to John 10. Uh, where are we going? John 10, 3 to 5. Oh, this is cool. You guys know this passage super well, right? John 10 is easily one of my favorite um, books in the Bible. But every time I say that, I'm like, oh, but what about Ephesians 3? Oh, but what about Ephesians 1? Oh, but what about John 15? Oh, but what about John 17? Ah! Uh, too many good passages in the Bible. All right, let me read this, and then I'm going to um, read you a quote that explains this. It's just, I read it this week, and I was like, oh, that is so cool. So this is John um, 10. I'm just reading, where am I going? Verses 3 to 5. All right, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. It's the key, right? They recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, oh, and leads them out. That verse always <laughs> makes me start crying because it's like, last time I checked, God should be pretty busy, right? Have you seen the planet at the moment? <laughs> it's like everyone's invading everyone and bombs and the economy's turning to custard and everything's just completely crazy. But to think that God goes, I've got you, Craig. <laughs> I've got you, Phil. <laughs> I've got you, Keith, <laughs> with the cheeky face. <laughs> Amazing, eh? He knows our names. I mean, we're not just numbers. Or <laughs> he calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. Same thing. Eh? They won't follow a stranger. Now, why won't they follow a stranger? Is it because he looks weird? They don't recognize him? He smells funky? He hasn't been to the restroom for a while? What's going on with this guy? Why don't they follow him? I love this. Eh? They'll run from him because they don't know his voice, right? They don't know his voice. Oh, I love that. Um, here's a quote that I want to read, but I need you to see this picture. So, make, so look at this picture. Um, and this is from Israel, um, and get the and the person's going to tell us to get the image of New Zealand sheep out of our heads, where they've got green pastures and water everywhere, and it's lovely, right? Because that's not Israel shepherding um, at the time of Jesus. So this is from Stacy Yaukum. I don't know how to say her name. Y O A C K U M. Anyway, she's awesome. So this is what she says. So listen to this. This to me is really cool. So she's commenting on these, um, these verses. First of all, wipe away the picture of sheep grazing through lush green fields of grass. The sheep were always on the move because the shepherds were always leading them through the desert hills. Look at the picture. Looking for small green shrubs that had gotten enough dew to pierce the barren ground. Sheep stay as close to the shepherd as they can and follow each other in a line. And this is, this is really cool, this bit. But at the end of the day, when the sun would begin to set, the shepherd would fall to the middle of the herd because when sheep get scared, they do crazy things. <laughs> they feel lost and scared without their shepherd. So as night falls, the shepherd moves and stands in the middle of the flock as they travel along close enough for every sheep to hear his voice and know he is near. Ugh. Not only did a good shepherd know each sheep by its name, but he also had his own song to sing over his sheep. Now, I've 
read this a bunch of times, like different people saying. In the day, they would literally sing as they walked along, right? It's so beautiful. Shepherds often traveled together to find green pastures. So when the sheep um, happened to be mixed with sheep from a different flock, each shepherd would sing his own song together and call his sheep to himself. The sheep knew their shepherd's song so well that they would follow the shepherd, singing their song, trailing after the voice they were so familiar with. Oh. So again, how do I tune my ears to hear the voice of Jesus? Same as the president's wife. Same as the sheep. I just got to spend time with the shepherd. <laughs> it's not rocket science, right? The more time I spend with the shepherd in, in the Bible, in prayer, worship music, what, wherever you go to, in nature, in an old church, in Christian community, the more my, my ears get tuned to his voice, right? I, I love that, eh? That's so cool. Um, the classic... Um, verse. I was going to do a whole thing on this, but we just don't have time. And you guys can quote this, say eh, Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I'm God. <laughs> Why does he say be still? Because he knows we're just running around like crazy people all the time. Places to go, people to see. And often for Jesus, I'm doing good stuff. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 no. I need you to be still. <laughs> I just love that, eh? Be still and, and know that I'm God. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Too much talking by me. Time for y'all to discuss. And don't forget there's some keys up here. I'm terrified someone's going to run in the rain and not get to their car. Okay, here's a couple of questions. So why do you think Jesus' call to us is often quiet and gentle? Why? Why doesn't he just go, yo, Wendy, stop mowing your lawns. Get someone else to do it. Why, why does he be all quiet and gentle? Why not? I'd, if I was God, there'd be a lot more zapping. That's all I'm saying, right? Number two, um, how do you personally tune your ears to the voice of Jesus? So how do you personally tune your is the voice of Jesus. So you might want to do both. You might want to do one. So if you're a visitor with us, um, we're literally going to discuss now. So people will turn around and move around just for a couple of minutes. Um, but the rule is always, if God's talking to you or you don't like the people beside you, either one and no one will know, um, just stare at the screen. So if you're staring at the screen, then no one will bug you. But if you're not, you are fair game and will be pounced upon. So take a couple of minutes, have a little discussion. Cool. Harimai, Harimai, listen back this way. What is it? Whakarongamai? Is that right? Louise Louise, Whakarongamai, listen this way. Listen to me. Cool. Thanks, Louise. All right. So I tried to sit with these guys, way too serious. So I went over there, way too serious. So I came and sat on the stage with myself because it was really scary. So anyone got any thoughts on either of these? Yeah, Louise. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, eh? Yeah, so for the recording stuff recordings. Um, yeah, Louise is just saying, yeah, we just rush too much. We just miss God. I think it's cool, Louise. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, Bernice? Like mm. Yeah, that's cool, eh? Yeah, that's cool. Bernice is saying the, the quiet, gentle voice of God um, isn't scary or, or angry feeling or like we're being told off. It's a, a real loving one. That's cool, eh? Yeah, come on. John, I love it when someone says that. Eh? They're like, my friend has a great idea. And the friend's like, ah! No, no, you're good. Yeah, just to try and summarize, saying if God speaks real loud, it's like a command. But instead, when he speaks quietly, he's asking for a response from us, which is cool. That's really cool. Anyone else? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so Grant's saying if God spoke loudly all the time, we'd just be real reactive, right? Whereas we... We've got to learn to tune our voices to Jesus' ear to listen. So that's cool. All right. Anyone else exploding to share? Otherwise, we'll boogie on. All right. 
There will be no boogieing at church, bro. What the heck? Wow. Although there's a lot of dancing in the Bible, and to be honest, in the Old Testament, there's dancing everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Hey, so I talked a little bit about um, how we hear Jesus, and then this, this next bit's real short, but just thinking about what is, what, is, what is Jesus actually calling us to do? What is he calling us to be? And I just, there's so much I wanted to say on this, but just for time. And the image is awesome. And I'm sure you're going to be like, what are you doing? But the, the picture's great, right? So Jesus calls us to great things, right? Jesus calls us to great things. And I've just got two verses. Here's the first one. Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite verses ever, right? Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Man, I love that, eh? I know some of you hate this, but turn to someone and say, infinitely more. Is that okay? Infinitely more. Yeah, especially the rebellious ladies in the back row. Did you guys turn? Unbelievable. Um, the reason I have a phone on fire, because <laughs> I was like, if God like spoke, he's so powerful, I would imagine my phone would just go and explode because it's God. It's like, ah, so that's why I did this. That crazy image. Um, I, I've got a really good imagination. You can ask Joe. So I'm ridiculous with my imagination. So whenever I read this verse, I just kind of go, man, how awesome is God? <laughs> the most amazing, wild, crazy idea that I could come up that I'd love to see God do in and through me or around me or whatever. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way at all. I always imagine God going, <laughs> is that it? Really? <laughs> Last time I checked, created the entire universe from nothing, you know, last time I checked, sacrificed my son in your place because I love you so much. Is that it, right? I love what it says, eh? It's his mighty power at work within us. It's not us being amazing, but we're being amazing and trusting and stepping out in faith. But I love it, eh? To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And I love how Paul said think, because we can ask big, but we think bigger. Do you know what I mean? Like, we can think real crazy stuff, but then we come to God and we're like, oh, just like one pizza, please. But in our head, we're like, oh, God, can I just have a whole, like, <laughs> one of those meter-long pizzas? Um, in my new job, one of the craziest things I, I keep hearing about is church planning people. And so Triple CNZ, the group that I'm working with now, they are so passionate about seeing churches planted or churches where the church literally has died, about getting some people to move in there and start a new church in this building, right? And there's a whole bunch all over the country where they're working on this. And hearing reports from some of these church planters, it, it literally is this verse, and it literally just makes me go, oh my gosh, one, these people are nuts, <laughs> and two, their faith is incredible. Um, so you, there was a church plant, I won't say where, um, it'd be about eight years ago, two or three families. Now it's 250 people, real vibrant, really impact their community. Um, there's couples in uh, Pocono, there's couples in Dunedin, where it's just a husband and wife. And they're like, this church has died, or there's a new suburb and there's no churches here. We believe God's calling us. And I go, ah, run away. <laughs> to me, that's terrifying. But to them, they're so excited. And God is being so faithful and doing this awesome stuff. Again, it's his mighty power working in these people. Hey, I love that. Hey. So what about you? And, and just think about this. Don't yell it out because I might freak out. Just think about you. Think about you. What is the infinitely more than you can ask or think that God's calling you to do? God, God's always calling to us, right? He's always speaking to us, and he's always asking us to just step a bit more in faith, a bit more in faith. So what is that thing that God has put on your heart that you're like, yep, 
I know. And it's scary because it's big, right? It's stepping out in faith. But what is that thing that God's putting on your heart that he's calling you to do that's infinitely more than we can ask or imagine, right? I think that that's always going to be happening. Here's, here's another verse. I love this verse. You guys know this verse. Now, I need to explain the context, otherwise this verse is kind of wild. So let me read. This is John 14, 12 to 14. Uh, Jesus is speaking, and he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done, which I'm just like, Psh. are you serious? Like raising people from the dead and walking on water? Keen on the walking on water. Raising from the dead would freak me out, but awesome. Uh, but then the next bit's wild, eh? And even greater. I'm like, what? Even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. I love how Jesus repeats it twice, right? Um, so the context here is really important. So in the verses and the chapters either side of this, Jesus is, is saying again and again, and he changes the phrase up as he says it again and again, but he always talks like this, those who love me will obey me. Or if you obey me, you are my friend. If you don't obey me, you're not my friend. Those who love me, obey me. He, he just keeps saying this in different ways the whole way through the, the chapters before and after. And so when you hold that context that, He's saying this to those who are loving Jesus, are seeking Jesus, they're obeying him with everything they've got. Then in that context, he says, now you can ask anything in my name because you're doing it in the context of being in a relationship with God, right? It's not like you've got nothing to do with God and you're just like, magic genie, where do I rub my Bible? And God's like, okay, I'm right on. You know, it's not meaning that at all, right? Now, what does it mean greater than this? So there's a lot of discussion in different commentaries and stuff around this, but the most common thing that people say is it's, it's greater in, in extent um, because there's a whole bunch of us. <laughs> and I always get real challenged by this because what Jesus is saying here, and, and hear me real carefully, right? Jesus is God, but he's one man. <laughs> and he only lived in ministry for three years. And then he's like, later, it's yours. <laughs> and now he indwells us. And, and the whole thing he's saying in here is, yeah, I did cool stuff. I did amazing stuff over three years, but now I indwell you. Man, the extent, the, the greatness of what you all can do individually, but in community, now that you're in drought, is just going to be incredible. You see it, eh? So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Ask anything by name. I do. Oh, man, I just love that, eh? I love that. But the key is to be in connection with Him, right? To be in connection with Him. Um, I'm debating in my head whether to be rude or not, so I think I'm going to be rude, right? Um, Okay, if this upsets you, come talk to me afterwards or talk to an elder and lodge all your formal complaints with the elders. I think a lot of us are living really lame Christian lives, to be honest. I think a lot of us were like, oh, yeah, God's cool. Church is all good. Read my Bible. And I just imagine, I imagine God just being like, whoa, that's because you're not stepping out. Like, look at this verse. Look at that Ephesians 3 one. Listen to the voice of the shepherd. He's calling you to do cool things, to step out in faith. And we're like, well, I can't hear him. Oh, yeah, I'm off to church again. He's like, oh, no. There's so much more. It's that classic phrase I've said at heaps, eh? Jesus didn't die on the cross to give us a boring religion. <laughs> he just didn't. He, he died to give us this vibrant, exciting, incredible faith. <laughs> so I'd encourage you, if, if that was a bit offensive, then I'm kind of sorry. <laughs> Um, but I just really feel that sometimes we're like just doing Christianity instead of stepping out in faith and going, all right, God, this is so scary, I need you. Ah! And then he turns up and we're like, woohoo! 
you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know. Oh man. All right, last slide, and then I'll get out of here before I get tomatoes thrown at me or something. All right, two questions just to leave you with. This is just for you to think about, eh? Um, what do you need to do to hear Jesus call more clearly? So I was thinking, what would be one little thing, or one massive thing, up to you? What would be one little thing that you need to do to hear Jesus call more clearly? The Holy Spirit will sort it out with you, right? But be thinking, what's that? And the second one here is, what dream has God placed in your heart that he's calling you to step out in faith in? What dream has God put in your heart that he's, he's calling to you and saying, come on, we can do this. You can't. We can do this. I indwell you, right? Now, just a side note on, the, on that bottom one, we have to be wise with these because we can be dumb and make dumb decisions. So if you feel that God's calling you to do something real significant, please talk to an elder, talk to you know, someone like Graham, talk to someone wise and say, hey, I think God's telling me to sell my house and move to Australia because those Australians need Jesus. And you're like, well, hang on, <laughs> let's take some time to pray and listen to God. That's a big move, right? So, but at the same time, don't justify your inactivity by, oh, it's so big, it's so scary. Right? So, so what would I need to change? What would I need to add into my life to, to tune my ears more to hear Jesus? And then maybe what is God calling me to step into? What's that faith step he's calling me to take? Right, let me pray. Eh? Yeah, kia ora tua. Um, I, Man, honestly, hey, God, if I've overstepped the line here and you're like, whoa, 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 rein it back in, um, Craig, then, yeah, please just, I know you can do this really well, eh? Help people to just forget <laughs> the dumb bits and the sermon and the wrong bits. Um, but, but if those verses are to be taken at face value, then you call us to, to step out in faith, God. Hey, we don't want to be those people that get to the end of our lives and look back and think, oh, what if... <laughs> Man, what would my life have been like if I'd really taken some steps of faith with God? Uh, we want to be people that get to the end of our life and we're like, "Woo, man, what a ride. <laughs> this whole relationship with Jesus thing is amazing. Oh, my gosh. You know, just awesome, hey? Yeah, I know you speak to us. Um, I know you, you, you call to us, Jesus. So help us to grow more and more in tune with you. Um, like the, the president's wife, like those sheep with their shepherd. We want to, to hear your voice, eh? be led by you, guided by you. We're desperate for that. Oh my gosh. Desperate to hear your voice, Jesus. Mm. Yeah, I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.